choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? It's Kells. I'm back. Back. Thanks for asking. This is episode 99. Coming up on 100, uh... Episode 100. So, um, I'm back. So, as you know, I'm going to change the format up here a little bit, but not this week. Next week, I'm going to try to stick to pretty much what I've been doing. And so, I'm going to start with yours and negritude. And I had um, quite a few, but I think that I'm going to give it to the listeners because a lot of you have uh, reached out to me. Um, as far as since I changed format and since I changed the show and, you know, told me how much you liked it and how much you appreciated it and, and, um, that you were looking forward to, uh, this format going forward and I'm looking forward to doing this. I just wanted to give y'all a shout out. It's good to hear from y'all. Nice to know y'all listening. Nice to know y'all like it. Um, y'all ain't hit me with no emails or nothing like that. I'll give y'all the information at the end, but, um, you know, you could do that too, but just want to shout y'all out. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, and, well, I guess the other yours and negritude I would give were related to current events, so I'll just jump, uh, straight into the current events, and, I don't know, I gotta find a new name for current events, cause current events is kinda corny, I don't know, word on the street, I don't know, I'll think of something. Um, so, but I wanna start, and I added two topics today, because, as y'all know, this has been a wild week, like, this week's been been wild um so let's start with Charles Barkley so um I haven't been super into the playoffs I usually the first rounds I usually don't watch I admit um I usually wait till actually lately I only watch the finals because you know I'm an old school nigga like I know this new ball is exciting but I just I don't give really don't give a fuck about none of these teams um the sick you know I'm a Sixers fan I'm still waiting for the process to work for us to get back to the playoffs. I can I can have some skin in the game. Basketball for me is all sports for me. The only sport that I really I mean, there's other teams that I like in the NBA, but I just don't be caring. Like I Philly ain't had a championship since well '08 with the Phillies, and I just want to win something. So if it, if it ain't the Eagles or the Sixers, I just don't be giving a fuck. Um, I'm not a I like the old game better I know niggas I sound like when the old get off my yard nigga but I just do like and I get it the game is faster paced it's more scoring it's more excitement but it's also no defense and it's like I mean shit a nigga can score 50 60 points if ain't nobody gonna play no defense again I know I sound like an old nigga but whatever I came up in the 90s when you really had the ball to get them points as niggas was, was the Pistons and the Lakers and the Bulls and the trash ass Knicks you really had the ball to get them points, and of course, you know we had our we had Allen Iverson in, in, in our Sixers phase with Allen Iverson. We didn't win shit, but at least we went to the championship. But again, niggas was playing D, so I just don't be getting excited. I like Golden State. Um, you know, I don't mind LeBron. I'm not a big fan. So anyway, the point of that is I don't be watching the playoffs. But um, the Celtics player uh, Isaiah Thomas lost his sister recently, 
And so I guess on, what is it, for whatever that, sh- I don't know, I guess the beginning of the game, TNT, I don't know. Somewhere they was talking, somewhere asking, uh, talking about something. And it was Kenny and, and Charles, and Charles uh, Barkley made a statement, which I didn't see the statement live. I saw the statement on, on Twitter the next day. And I, I had ignored it a lot because Charles said a lot of ignorant shit. And I was like, oh, then Charles just said some more dumb shit. Like, I wasn't really pressed to see it. But um, then I saw um, people kind of tweeting like, eh, I, I don't know. I didn't really take Charles saying like that. And I saw some other people, you know, running, jumping out the window as per usual. So I actually clicked on somebody tweeted it. And I actually clicked on it. And I listened to what was said. And I was like, I don't understand why people are upset about this. Like, I didn't... So, Charles said... I'm not going to quote word for word, but basically, Isaiah Thomas, his sister had died. He showed up to the game. He was distraught. He was crying on the sideline. I mean, like you would expect somebody whose sister just died. And the topic was, you know, should he have been there? Should he have been on the sideline? What should he do? It's tragic. Should he play? Whatever. And Charles said... he What he said was, I I don't think he should have been there. I'm uncomfortable. And then he paused and he said, I'm uncomfortable for him because it's uncomfortable to see him on the sideline like that grieving. Basically, long story short, what Charles was trying to say and what I thought was clear from what he was trying to say and what I got from what he was trying to say was his grief shouldn't have been on display like that. It made him uncomfortable for Isaiah that his grief was on display like that. Like, this is just a basketball game. We understand you want to be hardcore. You want to play for your sister. That's cool. We, but to me, it looks like you might be doing a bit much. And maybe just, you know, it's not that serious. So don't don't feel like you got to be here to show how hard you are. You know, it's uncomfortable for me. It's going to be uncomfortable for your teammates. And I mean, it is. Like, yo, my man, his sister just died. He on the court crying. He breaking down. We can't really play. And I mean, I know, like, there's games where people, you know, die. And then they be like, oh, we going to do this one for so-and-so. But then it'll be, like, the next day or the same day. It'd be later, after the funeral, whatever. You know what I mean? And and so I and people was like, oh, Charles an asshole. Charles trying to tell him how to grieve. Charles made it about him. I, I, I didn't get any of that. I, I, I don't know how you could watch that full clip and, and get that out of what he said. I thought it was very clear what he said. I thought it was obvious what he was trying to say. He wasn't saying that crying over his sister made me uncomfortable and therefore I don't want to see it. That's not what he was saying. He was saying the situation and him being in grief like that and him being on the cameras and them dragging it out and them showing it like that was made him uncomfortable because he was uncomfortable for Isaiah because he was uh, he was kind of trying to say like it seemed like they're trying to exploit his grief. That's what he was trying to say. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. He didn't use the word exploit, but that was the tone of it. Like, yo, we all need to see this, my man. Like, you could, if, if you want to come here and play the game, cool. But, like, the way it's being reported on and the way it's being shown, what you're crying on the sidelines and breaking down, understandably, it seems like, that you know, they're just trying to put your grief on display. And it's, you know, and that's uncomfortable. So... You know, niggas want to argue me on Twitter. I don't know if y'all watch the clip, if y'all just going off the headlines, because y'all do that a lot. But I, I didn't. Charles says a lot of ignorant shit. Charles says a lot of dumb shit. I'm not caping for Charles in any way. But, um, you know, that that wasn't one of them. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on that. The second thing is United Airlines then kicked somebody else off the airplane. Now, look, the story is two sides to the story. 
I'm not sure which side I believe, but I, I, I well, no, I think I kind of believe the passengers because I feel like if you, after the, after the week you just had for pummeling that man and dragging that man off the plane the way you did, for you to two days later still be throwing paid, pa- excuse me, sorry, for you to still be throwing paid passengers off your plane shows me like that you just really don't give a fuck and really don't get it. I really don't understand what the uproar was about because it would seem to me, absent a motherfucker standing up and screaming Allah Akbar and, and, and having a bomb strapped to him or trying to get into the cockpit with a, with an ice uh, box cutter, that you would not be throwing nobody off the plane. You would go out of your way to accommodate passengers. So the story was that this couple was on a plane flying to their honeymoon and they say that some, they went to the seats that they paid for, which was an economy, and some passenger was sprawled across their seats so they just sat in the seat a few seats up right because the plane wasn't full so rather than wake up whoever they um went two seats ahead so i guess the two seats they sat in were the economy plus seats so you know you got to pay more for the economy plus seats so they say that the steward or stewardess whatever came by and let them know that and they said that they would pay for the extra seats but you know, somebody was in their seat. So they were like, you could get, if you can get whoever's in our seat out, then we'll go or we'll just stay here and pay. And they say, the couple say that the, the flight attendant kept saying, no, you have to go back to your seats. In other words, wouldn't it wasn't giving them the option to pay extra, wouldn't let them pay extra to go back. That's their story. The United Airlines version is that, um, they didn't. They wouldn't go back to their seats, and they wouldn't. Pay, they refused to go back to their seats. They had to ask them a few times to go back to their seats, and it was upsetting the the flight and what they had to do. So they kicked them off the plane. I tend to believe the passenger simply because we see how United does. Number one and number two, it kind of makes sense because. I mean, I don't, I just don't, I don't really see them just refusing to pay. Like, I, you know, I see them either one going back to their seats or paying. Like, I just don't see them sticking to their guns that, oh, well, we're going to sit in these seats and we're not going to pay even though somebody's in. I don't know. United, y'all, y'all word is not good. Y'all don't behave rational. Y'all um, drag them people off the plane for no reason. Y'all seem to treat customers like shit and don't, don't care about how you treat customers. And just, again, the fact that so close after you had this incident that where you lost all this money and people are not fucking with you, that you are still kicking people off the plane, it shows that uh, you have not learned anything. Uh, at all to me so I tend to believe them people um with a slight allowance that perhaps they was going on a plane trying to catch a case but I don't know I just even if they were the fact that you are back in the news for kicking somebody else off the plane is I don't know don't speak well for you um we got a lot of a lot of current events the next one is the Cleveland shooter which um I don't even know what to say about that. Like, uh, well, I've I, I got a couple things to say. But um, so guy in Cleveland, um, I never really got the full story because it happened so fast and it was so odd. But like, he shot, he, I guess his, I don't know what the story about the girlfriend was, but he wanted the girlfriend to call him. I don't know if she had broke up with him. The story I read that she had broke up with him and it had been a while. And he just insisted that he that she get back with him and that she call him and when she would not. He went on his killing spree. And when it hit Facebook, I mean, sorry, when it hit Twitter, um, you know, some, oh, some, it was some random people. Oh, some guy on Facebook Live going around killing people. Now, anybody that's on Twitter know you got to be careful with some of these stories. The niggas be pulling all kinds of shit. So I was, I didn't believe it. I'm like, that, that can't be. 
But then it kept getting tweeted, kept getting tweeted, and then news people started tweeting it. So, but then even then it was still off because they was like, oh, he's riding around killing people. So far, 12 people. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That don't sound legit. And on Facebook Live. So, um, I think the last I saw, he killed, shot and killed that one man. Um, I haven't read about anybody else that was shot or killed or seen anybody else on the news that was shot and killed. Just that one man. Um, so he was on a run, but which also didn't make sense because they had an explanation of his car. They had they had his tags, and he's a black man riding around with a gun shooting people on Facebook Live. I didn't understand why they could not find him, but apparently they couldn't, and he was on the run. So he got all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, to Erie, Pennsylvania, where he was. Uh, was he spot? I don't know if he was spotted. I, I know for sure his phone pinged off a tower in, in Erie, but I don't. I think. I'm not sure if he was seen in Erie. There was a rumor that he was in Philly, which, I mean, I guess you could drive to Philly in the, in that time, but I don't know. I thought that was a little odd, but turned out it wasn't him. It was just some other random black dude that looked like him. But uh, he went to, so he, he was in Erie, PA, went to a McDonald's, um, went to the McDonald's drive-thru. The manager of the McDonald's recognized the car and recognized the guy. And quick thinking on her part, um, told him <laughs> a very plausible story that we all have heard at McDonald's that the fries aren't ready yet. Pull over, the fries will be, you know, ready. And we're always happy to pull over because that means them fries going to be hot and delicious and ain't nobody never going to complain about having to wait for fresh fries at McDonald's. And she did that and then stepped off and called the police and the police were able to come. And uh, on the way there, he killed himself. Shot himself in the head, I believe, and killed himself. So... Uh, that's the end of that. But the, the part of the story that I wanted to comment on was, um, so the day that it occurred and the day it, it happened, a Twitter been on fire this week. Niggas just been arguing all week. It's just been one of them weeks. I don't know what, what it is. But, um, you know, I, it's, it's, so when it happened, when any shooting or anything bad happens, there's a certain element on Twitter, I, in my opinion, this is me, Kel, saying what I think tends to um, take advantage of situations and use every little situation to go into their pet peeve or their little pet project, which I don't like. And when these shootings occur, it's usually the gun control folks and the mental illness folks. And here they come every time. No facts, no nothing. Just an incident came, and here they come talking about gun control and mental illness. And, you know, I find it a little annoying because it's like, yo, it's... If that even applies in these situations, which it doesn't at all, like it wouldn't have in this one, this man had no prior record, he had no criminal record, it was no reason, nothing that would have stopped, he was no history of mental illness, there was nothing that would have stopped him from owning a gun. So to say we need gun control and all this silly shit, like it, it didn't even apply and it didn't need to be said, particularly when the man was still on the run and ain't nobody knew what was going on and we ain't have all the facts out. Um... So that was the first thing that annoys me. And that always annoys me because I feel like people need to just like, shut the fuck up sometime. Like nobody want to hear all that shit all the time. Like, and it's not all, it's not always that. Like you people just project their bullshit on. And it's like, yo, this situation, you don't, this is, it's not always that. You ain't, it ain't always somebody is mentally ill or we need gun control. Like people do, people get killed every day, B. People do dumb shit for dumb reasons every day, B. And it ain't always these fucking little issues that y'all want to fucking march about. So Cut, I hate that shit. So that was the first thing that irritated me. But the second, the second thing that irritated me is that people, as the day went along, I shouldn't say people, women, 
mostly, with some dudes too, but mostly women, as the day went along, were talking about, you know, uh, domestic violence and how how many um, black women are, are killed by black men and how, you know, the statistics, which have been taken over decades, bear this out. And how, you know, how these incidents seem to occur, you know, pretty frequently, but nobody ever wants to talk about it. It's always, you know, an isolated incident or this incident or that incident or gun control or this or that when nobody really wants to talk about misogyny and violence against women. And what's that other one, y'all? What was, it was a hashtag. Toxic masculinity, I think. Uh, fragile masculinity. I don't know. it has been a few hashtags on it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And um, it just turned into this big argument because, of course, every time somebody brings up something that is factual, that's based in fact, that has statistics to back it up, that's accurate, it's going to have some knucklehead come hopping along talking about, oh, not everybody, not at all. Uh, nigga, did we say all? No, we did not. Okay? When I say you guys over here, tell me every single person in the world. I don't got to say, but not every single person in the world. I Like... That's just a way to deflect. But anyway, I just wanted to say that, like, I, I mean, I don't give a fuck because I don't date you niggas, but, like, there, there's this thing on Twitter where they say black men are the white people of black people, and it's so accurate because it's like soon as something happens and somebody is coming at y'all and calling y'all to the carpet and saying, yo, what the fuck, y'all turn into white men. With the, doing the same shit that they do with the, oh, well, it's not everybody. You make, oh, this is an opportunity to bash black men. And it's like, well, no, it's not an opportunity to, to bash black men. But we could because we have these book of receipts and we have these numbers and it's been studied. And so we're not making this shit up. It is actually a thing. I mean, but no, we're not trying to bash. We're just trying to give you some information. And, you know, it's not everybody, but it's a good portion. I just found it very counterproductive and very annoying because these Women, when y'all getting shot out here in the streets and dragged and all the shit that y'all go through, these motherfucking women, I don't even, I don't even understand it because I would have been left y'all for dead. They always backing y'all up. They always supporting y'all. Brothers this, brothers that. I'll be rolling my eyes at some of this bullshit. Like, you really need to go find something to do, um, Keisha, because this nigga ain't shit and he don't deserve this loyalty you giving him and you need to just go over there and read a book or something because this, what you're doing is not going to be reciprocated because as soon as he get back up on his feet, he going to be over there with some exotical calling you some black ass bitch. But whatever, none of my business. I worry about my life and my career. But, you know, I just it's, it's I just think it's real fucked up. Like, y'all, ne- like, the way y'all just, you, it's okay to, it's okay to come up out of your, your upbringing, dude. Like, it's okay to, 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 to learn and, and know about things beyond what you think you know. It's okay to read a book. It's okay to shut the fuck up and listen. It's okay to read articles. Like, everything is not an attack on you. And if you feel like somebody's saying, um, the number one threat to black women is black men is, is an attack on you, then that's something that you need to work out because that's probably a hit dogs holler. So you you you're reacting to something that that is not intended, but that you are feeling it. You need to look into what that is because, I, you know, I, I don't I don't under I don't understand how you niggas just link up like Voltron and oh here you go bashing black men. First of all, nobody needs to bash y'all. Y'all do fucked up shit. Um, w- women are 
way more educated. These are facts and stats that are backed up. I'm not making that up. They make more money. Facts and stats that are backed up. I'm not making that up. They're involved in more community. They're, when black women are, are doing okay, the 94% that voted for Hillary Clinton are doing okay. You motherfuckers are left behind, okay? Very much so. Again, stats and statistics. So nobody really has to bash you to make you look bad. You just look bad. So, I, you know, that's the first thing. Like, that's the top level, top layer. Nobody really needs to bash you to make you look bad. We can just cite statistics and you will look bad because as a group, y'all not doing too good. Now, there's reasons why we understand. And, that, and those reasons why are why you get the support and why you get the love and why they come out to support y'all. And all we ask in return is there's, when we bring up stuff for our reasons why and we talk about the stuff that affects us, we get the same in return and, and we typically do not. And I don't give, like I said, I don't give a fuck. I, I, I don't care. Y'all don't never see me retweeting this and the, the brothers and the this and that. I, I don't. I don't care I, because... I, you know, I've seen enough, so you're not there for me, I'm not there for you, I mean fuck the white man always and forever, but that's the extent of it like, you will never see me uh, bending over backwards and, and crying and dying for y'all like some of these broads, cause you just, it won't you ain't gonna see it um, but I just wanted to comment on that like, I just, I just think it's I just think it's fucked up like, I just, I just think that, you know a lot of people, a lot of y'all are willfully ignorant and willfully obtuse and purposely go out of your way to um, not learn and not be enlightened and not grow. And you just want to, you know, be on this black man shit. And, you know, if if black women ever turn their backs on y'all, I don't know what y'all going to do because th these white bras don't give a fuck. We already know. Y'all a fashion accessory to them. When y'all go out of style, y'all going to be right back at the bottom of the barrel. Um yeah, so that's that. Stop being fuck niggas. And it wasn't everybody. It was it was a bunch of it was a lot of dudes on there that was that was getting it. But it's still too many of y'all that don't. And y'all think that shit is cute and funny and y'all click up and oh they this shit is real corny and we see you and you know, whatever, Ashy nigga, whatever. Um Moving on to Coachella. Yo, yeah, they made Coachella look real fun this year. Like people, a lot of people was disappointed that Beyonce ain't go. But I mean, to me, I, you know, I'm not. Y'all know I'm not a huge Beyonce fan. I would have never went out to see Beyonce. But I mean, I would prefer to see the, the dope rap concert that they had, where everybody named Mom was there. That show looked really great. I would prefer to see that to to Beyonce and me myself personally. Um, it looked very. It looked really live on on the Instagram. Um, I'm still not gonna go. Because it's out in the desert, it's dusty, it's nasty, and I just don't want to be out there with no porta potties and a bunch of white kids. But the, the performances look live. Rihanna turned it out as usual. Rihanna turns out every place she ever goes. Um, she had the Gucci outfit on. She she was killing them. She was in the crowd like a regular. Her and uh her and Melissa jumping up and down, enjoying the music. That's the one thing I like about Rihanna. I like that she 
watches and enjoys other artists and not from backstage, not from VIP. Like she'll go, she goes out in the crowd and she dances and she jigs and she watches and she pays attention. And I I think that's really cool. I think like really great artists do that. Like they go out and they see it from the stage and they watch and see how the crowd reacts. And she does that with everybody. You can tell she does it at Drake shows. She did, she was uh, watching Gaga. She was watching the rappers. Like she, she studies the performances and I think that's cool and plus she's a fan like you know what I mean that's Rihanna that's a motherfucking biggest pop star in the motherfucking world top selling pop star in the world only person above her is Madonna and she out in the cloud you know jumping up like a fan and standing and doing the dances and you know having to dance off with with, with um Diddy's son and watched him by the way and just being a fan like being cool like being liking the music that's why I love her I listen that's my favorite I'm not knocking nobody else's favorite but I think she gets it I think she gets it right I think she's a pop star she's a rock star she's awesome and she you know she just does her and she's just fucking fly and it was great um today somebody said you know she had the Gucci sparkles on with the Gucci shirt and it's shorts and somebody said that Google's for uh Gucci went up 243 percent I'm like nigga if you got to Google what Gucci is you cannot afford it trust me like, I don't know. I don't know what part of the fucking, what kind of bumble fuck you from that you don't know where Gucci is that you gotta Google it. But yeah, that was Gucci, and it was fly, and it was fresh out the runway, um, as a lot of her things are. So shout out to Ree, shout out to Coachella, shout out to Migo, shout out to Kendrick. Um, dope album too. Damn, is I, I should have did a review on it, but I feel like it's old now and everybody didn't talk to death. But I love it. Y'all know I was. I was nervous when Humble came out because I was like, man, I hate it to pimp a butterfly as I've said on here. I think it was some fake woke hotep trash. I don't like it. I didn't like it. I couldn't stand it. Um, All right was cool, but you keep the rest of it. And I was so nervous that this was going to be part two, but it's not. This is just, I love this album. This is like an old 90s uh, hip hop right before, you know, the shiny suit era came out when niggas was still making masterful shit and still had dope lyrics and still had them fly beats and had like random features on it. And nigga got U2 on the album and he don't, Bono don't sound nothing like Bono. Like it's, it's, it's a great album. I love it. I like it. I like more life. Them, honestly, them two albums together has really been all I've been listening to. Drake joint still popping to me. Like that shit is still popping to me. And I use, I wish, I'm going to try to do a, I wish, I'm waiting for title to do like a Drake Kendrick playlist and put them two albums together because that would be so super dope. But um, love it. I love re-loyalty. If y'all can make a, a video, that'd be great. Um, It's a dope album. Like I have not stopped playing it. And, and somebody just on Twitter today made a good point. It feels like it only been out for five days, but it feel like like an old joint, like 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 it been out for 20 years because it's a, it's, I don't know if it's a, it was a debate today, like, is it a classic or not? Because a lot of people say you can't tell you what's a classic. I, I get what you're saying with that, but I think you can. I, I, I know when I hear a, I, I know when I hear a classic because a classic to me, it's, it, it hits me like nothing else. It don't sound like nothing else. It don't affect me like nothing else. And I hear it like, oh, this is this is it right here. And I mean, you know, I know Jay said his piece and look, I'm never going <laughs> to go against nothing Jay-Z say because Jay-Z got classic albums. But I feel like that's more uh, people just 
try to say everything that comes out as a classic. So I think that's what he's trying to say. Like, you got to see if it lasts. And that's true. But I just feel like I, I like Good Kid, Mad City, when that came out, I said that's a classic. And I think that's correct. I think that album still, you put that shit on the day and it still hits you the same. A classic is an album, it could be 20 years old, it could be 50 years old. Whenever you put it on, it's going to hit you the same. It's not going to be like, oh, this old shit. Or like, like, like for instance, like, like, like albums from like, like disco albums from like, Certain albums from the 70s, it's, it's, it's classic albums from the 70s, but the 70s was a decade of music that a lot of people kind of write off as like the disco era and it was a lot of trash. And, you know, like when you put on certain shit, like, oh yeah, that was a song, but it don't, you know, it hits you like, oh, that's some old shit. Like perfect, you know, perfect example when, when, when you listen to um, the Miseducation Lauryn Hill now, like a lot of them songs you listen to now, they don't hold up well. Like, the, the lyrics are kind of hotep, and it's a lot of misogyny in it. Like, it doesn't hold up well. You know what I'm saying? But other albums, you play them. Thriller, Purple Rain, um, Jagged Little Pill, um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Certain albums, no matter when you play them, no matter how old they are, they hit you the same. Like, yo, this shit could come out right now and be banging. That's what I think. That's what, when I say an album's a classic, that's what I mean. And, I, and I've always heard been able to say this is a, a classic as soon as I hear it when I heard good kid mad city I was like that's a classic damn I, I I'm I, it's, I love it it's a good album to me my opinion it's not as good as good kid mad city I I don't know if it's a class like I, the fact that it's not hitting me that this is a classic album makes me think that it's not but I don't know because I have been listening to it nonstop and it gets better and better. And, you know, it might be this one. <laughs> damn might be a classic. It, uh, you know, give me, uh, give me a couple more days. Give me a couple more days. Cause I've just been so like, I've been just like still grooving to it. I haven't really, I don't know. I haven't really like let it settle in. I'm just still like, I'm just honestly, I'm still in the relief that it ain't trash period so I thought it was gonna be some butterfly trash so I'm just happy that this is like some knocking shit so give me a couple days like maybe it is a classic because it's 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 a strong album it's 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 really good I, I love it it ain't nothing it's not n anything on this album that I don't like like it's 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 dope thank you Kendrick thank you for coming back because Man, you like one of my favorites, but like you was getting on my nerves with Butterfly and them fucking struggle braids. And ugh, I was like, nigga, please, please, nigga, please, nigga, please. So thank you. Um, dope album. So the news fresh from today, Aaron Hernandez uh, allegedly killed himself in his jail cell last night and was found unresponsive today, uh, hanging from bed sheets with a Bible verse written on his head in magic marker. Um, only thing I can say about that, there's a lot of conspiracy theories and people don't believe it. I, I only thing I'll say about that is, um, it was a couple days ago when he got off from the murder, the double murder trial, when he got acquitted, I noticed that he broke down crying. I noticed that. And I thought I, I, I was like, Hmm, that's odd because all the way up to this point through the first murder trial and through all the testimony. And we all watched that joint on 30 for 30, where he was killing everybody. He was stone face, super hard. Didn't just didn't give a fuck. Like sitting there, like, you know, whatever this, this ain't nothing like a gangster. And I just, when he, when he broke down like that on an acquittal, 
I just was like, mm, that's that's odd. Like, that's odd because you're still in jail for the rest of your life. So it ain't like you're getting out. You know what I mean? I just I just noticed it. I just noticed it. I thought it was odd. I thought it was out of character. And they say that usually, not all the time, but usually before a person kills himself, they have moments like that where like they'll do something that's a little different or a little out of character or like a little something that's out of usual. Like they'll come over and they'll be like, start giving you stuff or different things that afterwards seem, you know, the person tries to attach meaning to, Oh, I should have known. But at the time it just, you know, you don't really notice. And I just, I just thought of that when, when they, when I saw that he had killed himself or allegedly. Um, and I think, I don't know. I think he, I don't know. I have questions because they said he wrote this Bible verse on his forehead and it was like, um, yeah, y'all know I don't know the Bible, but the long one about, <laughs> I don't know, some verse, this, like, it was like four lines about God or some shit. He wrote on his uh, everlasting life, whoever believed in him, whatever that one is. Y'all church niggas know what I'm talking about. That one. He wrote that on his forehead. That's a lot. Like, it's a long verse. And so I'm like, dude, you know, he was in solitary confinement. I think they don't, I'm, do they have mirrors? I don't know. I I have questions about how that occurred and the Bible was open to that page, but I mean, he was in solitary. So unless they let somebody in there, I don't know. I think he probably did kill himself. Cause I mean, you know, you had knuckleheads on the TL. Oh, Aaron getting out. Like, no nigga, he's in jail life with no parole already. This was for another set of murders that he committed whilst he was doing the murder that got him in jail for life. Uh, no parole in the first place. So he was never getting out. So this trial actually probably was a waste of taxpayers' money, to be honest. But, you know, I guess everybody, I guess the family, you know, deserves a trial. Um, so, I don't know. I think, I think you know, I think he probably did kill himself because I just don't, who who else would, who else would have killed him? If he was in gym pop, because, cause you know, I've read articles over, over since he's been locked up that he was in jail, part of a gang. He was, you know, bullying people. He was taking people's stuff. I mean... The nigga was being a gangster even in jail, like and not like he was repenting in jail. So I, if he if he was in gin pop, I could have been like, oh well, that's such some jail shit because niggas get killed in jail every day, every day. Niggas get stabbed up, killed up, hanged up. So I was like, uh, you know, but he's in solitary. So I, you know, I, I guess I guess he did it. And I mean, I feel sorry for his daughter, but I was thinking about it today. Like, um, she'll get all his money. So, um. Maybe that's what he was thinking. Like, hey, I'm going to be in jail. I can't do nothing for her. But, you know, if I'm dead, she ain't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think suicide is really selfish, but I can't tell a nigga that's in jail with no parole what to do. Well, you know, you got to live your life. I, I don't know. I, I'm shooting it out with police anyway, so I'm not getting in that position. So, hey, who are me to judge? Um, But, yeah, it's just a tragic story. Tragic all around. Ending tragedy. Yeah. I don't know what to say about it, but I, I really was shocked because I, up to that point, he just really seemed like he was taking the jail well. And, you know, not by, by all accounts, not really bothered by it. So, I don't know. And our last bit of uh, current events is um, Bill Riley uh, finally got fired from Fox. And um, I guess I'm supposed to give a fuck about that, but I really don't because... Um, I just, I don't think he's going to have a problem finding another job. 
Um, it's not like Fox came to any kind of moral uh, decision. They just realized that he was costing them too much money. Um, yeah, so ah, really got nothing to say against that. I mean, he's been an asshole for a really long time. Um, I think it's fitting that he talks shit about Maxine Waters and uh, a few weeks after that, he's out. I don't think those two were related, but they may have been. But it speaks to my point, what I, what I was saying when the whole thing with Maxine started, that I got irritated with people jumping out the window and, and going. And, I, I you know, I understand people trying to defend Maxine, but I, I don't think Maxine needed that defense. I think Maxine was quite capable of defending herself. And I think the statement that she made was great and all that needed to be made. And she really didn't address him at all. She really just spoke all around him. She, she said, you know, did that Millie rock that said they have no credibility and just, you know, kept it moving. And that's really all it warranted. Now just people just kept, it was irritating me because they were giving him attention and giving him light and giving him energy. And I'm like, some things like just let them speak for themselves. And if you coming after Maxine Waters, who've been doing this for X number of years, who's well known, who has been at the front of almost every like investigation or anything that's ever been like Maxine been out here, Google her. She's been in these streets all the way back to like the seventies. Maxine been out here. She known, she been, you know, in that house for a long time. She's well-respected. Um, you know, her wigs be on straight. So like you, you can't really, you can't drag Maxine, like your arms too short to box with the guy. So sometimes if you just, people like that, if you just step aside and wait, they'll go jump off the cliff themselves. So that's what Bill O'Reilly did, but you know, he going to be on something soon somewhere because he's, you know, still the most popular. Nobody gave a fuck about him sexually harassing women. Nobody gives a fuck about him lies. Nobody gives a fuck about his racism because these knuckleheads going to watch Fox News no matter what because they're idiots. But I don't know. He got fired. So I guess that's something. Not really. All right. So that's it for our current events, for my current events. Um, yeah, let's 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 move on. Um. To shit I watch, shit we watch, because y'all watch it too. Um, so, once again, Black Ink coming on on Wednesday throws me so off because I have to draw back. I believe, though, the last episode, no, I already discussed that. Yeah, it comes on tonight. So, I think I got y'all up to this week, and I'll have to update y'all last week. Because the last date was when was when Young Bay went on a date with old boy, she thought. And <laughs> the gay dude came in and took her date, <laughs> which was super funny. <laughs> came in and kissed dude on the neck, and they was like, all right, deuces. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, yeah, so... Black Ink next week. Um, oh, and Duchess was dating some football player, but whatever. I don't know who's sucking on them dry lips. Ugh. They're fucking stitches from cuts on, on kissing that chick. Um, so let's move on to what everybody cares about, which is the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. And I got some shit to say because I got some shit to say. So the first episode... You know, it was the build-up. It wasn't a whole lot. They didn't give us the drama we really wanted to see. It's four parts. I think four is a bit much, but whatever. But I've said this before, and I want to say this again. Kenya Moore does not bother me. 
I'm not saying she ain't a stunt queen. I'm not saying she doesn't do anything. I'm not saying she's innocent. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is Kenya is, I will take Kenya over Phaedra any day. Because to me, and Sheree, any day, and Portia, any day. Because to me, the things that Kenya does are not that serious. She pulls stunts. She hi- she pays dudes to come on the show to pretend to be her boyfriend. Some people tend to think that's uh, pathetic. I actually tend to think it's smart because she probably does that because she doesn't want anybody to know her real business. Because if you think about it, outside of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, you don't know anything about Kenya Moore. You don't know anything about her. You don't know who she's dating for real. All you know is these dudes go on the radio and say, oh, no, that was all fake. She paid me. Okay. She paid you $10,000 to go on a re- reality show and be her boyfriend. Okay, you don't know anything. We don't know who she dates. We don't know she, and if y'all think that Kenya, listen, Kenya Moore and Cynthia Bailey are ages, are are eons above uh, as far as good looking as some other girls on that show. And and Cynthia's 50, and I don't think Kenya's far behind. I'm not sure if Kenya's 50 yet, but she's not far behind. And they look fantastic. And if you think Kenya Moore can find a man that wants to date her and go out with her, I don't know what to tell you. Um... But she just doesn't, nothing that she does, nobody is harmed by the thing Kenya does. Who is harmed because Kenya pays Walter however much to pretend to be her boyfriend? Nobody, only her, because she just looked crazy at the end of the show when it come to find out it was a stunt. But nobody else is hurt by that. So I just, I don't understand the hate for Kenya, the way y'all, no matter how right Kenya is, y'all always going to make her wrong, just like when, Chateau She Can't Pay opened up. Now, and Kenya went in the basement. Was she wrong to go in the basement? Yes, of course. But let's not act like Sheree didn't walk all through Kenya's house and do the exact same thing, pointing out the shit that was wrong. And Kenya's house was done. Sheree was pointing a little petty shit, like, you know, this, whatever. Like Kenya said, I had all my faucets. I had all my appliances. It was the day before your housewarming party, and you ain't have no appliances, Sheree. So, you know. I I felt what Kenya was saying with that. Like, yo, you talked all the shit about my house. You went through my house. And and I come to your shit. Your shit ain't even done. You ain't even got motherfucking molders and nothing in this shit. Your shit ain't even have appliances in it yesterday. So, yeah, I went in your little raggedy-ass basement because you was talking shit. And I got it. And I got it from Candy, too. And I I think that's why Candy went with her and was giggling and laughing. Because Candy probably was like, yeah, girl, she did talk. She did talk shit about your shit. So, yeah, let's go down here and see what her shit looking like. I I feel like that's what occurred. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't have did it. And, yes, it was petty. But niggas on Twitter was acting like she ain't had no reason. Oh, my God, you miserable. Is she miserable or is she just like, oh, girl, okay, you want to drag my house. Now it's time to drag yours. Like, I really don't, like, I don't understand. Like, y'all, y'all don't be, anytime Kenya is involved, y'all just forget everything. Like, she wasn't doing that out of nowhere. Sheree did the exact same thing in her house and been talking shit about her house. And meanwhile, she, Sheree shit ain't paid for. It's all kind of liens on it. It's, she owe all kind of bills. It still ain't done. And you talking shit about my shit? That's where Kenya was coming from. My shit is done. My shit is modern. My shit is beautiful. Your shit, the judge, 
told you, you got to sell your motherfucking house that you spent five years building, you dumb bitch, with all these foreclosures around, and you building a house from scratch, and can't afford to pay your contractors, can't afford to pay people, to the point where the judge saying, you got to sell the damn house to be able to pay all your contractors, you looking a little stupid up here trying to talk about me, and that's what all that shit was about, as far as Phaedra goes, I mean, look, Y'all been on Phaedra's side since she did that find your daddy in the, in the trash bin read. And I mean, I don't know. To me, it ain't a read if it ain't no facts in it. The whole purpose of a read is something that is truth. And if the truth is so, you just can't, you can't deny it. And for you to be sitting there on the couch with your husband who at the time was convicted for money laundering and on his way to jail and probably had, I think had an ankle bracelet on his leg sitting there about to go to federal j- uh, federal prison for eight years for stealing social security nards and, and money and fraud and credit card scams and all kind of bullshit for you to be sitting next to that nigga on stage and telling me about how I ain't got no man and how I ain't got no, but I mean, I don't, how is that a read? I don't, somebody tell me, please, how is that a read? Because I would have did just what Kenya did. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll just sit here and look way better than you and look way more beautiful than you because your husband is a liar. You're a liar. You probably was in on that scam. He's going to jail. And you're about to have not have a husband just like I don't have a husband. So I don't really know what all this shit talking about is. That's my point of view. I don't know. Everybody else feels like that was an epic read, I guess. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. How you going to read me when you're, not, you're doing worse than me? Like, I don't, I don't get it, but you know, I don't know. Maybe it's me. Um, I didn't think Kenya was wrong. Um, the only time I thought Kenya was wrong and she got what she deserved when she put that scepter in Portia's face and Portia dragged her ass. That was good for her. Cause you don't do that shit. You put it in her, that's, that's, you don't do nothing like that. You, you couldn't, you say what you want to say, move your hands around. Don't put nothing in my face. So Portia snapped, Portia dragged you. I didn't, correct, I didn't have no problem with that, but nothing else she does, yeah, she, but she apologized, she said, she sat there when Portia was like, why did you follow me outside, and that's correct, I didn't think, when Kenya did that, I was like, Kenya, why are you following her, like, you trying to make a situation, you shouldn't have did that, but she said that, she was like, you know what, on, on second thought, that was correct, I should have stayed with the other ladies, I should not have did that, I apologize, but Portia just on and on and on and on and on, and it's like, okay, bitch, I said I was sorry, I don't know what you want me to do now, and you're dumb. So, I just don't, Kenya don't bother me. Kenya don't bother me because, like Phaedra does, because Phaedra tells all the, half the drama that y'all go through is because Phaedra lies, and Phaedra lies on purpose. It's not like she, it's not like she dumb like Portia and don't know what's going on and just running her mouth and don't really see the big picture and just being an idiot. Phaedra knows what she's doing. She tells lies on purpose and she tells them specifically, just like she told, um, um, Kenya that Portia wanted to talk about her anger management, and then when they got into the big argument at the table, just sat there like she didn't know what was going on. She did that on purpose. She knew she lied about that. It would have been nothing for her to say, Portia, I'm sorry, that's my fault. I had to, I told them that you wanted to talk about it, so that's why they brought it up. You don't want to talk about it, my bad. I'm sorry, it's my fault. That's all she would have had to do. But no, she let that whole shit blow up and sitting there like she don't know what's going on, and she does it a lot. And same thing with Candy, and I think Candy knows that and that's why candy don't fuck with her and candy probably knows a lot more than everybody else still keeps a secret and um you know i just i don't know i can't stand phaedra i can't stand portia um kenya has her ways she does things that i don't like 
Um, but she's just to me, she's harmless and she'd be right a lot. She was right about that boy that threw his auntie to the ground. They didn't want to give it to her. She was right about Apollo. She said he was lying. And I gotta admit, at the time when Apollo was saying all that, I didn't think he was lying. I believed him. I thought she because you know, we saw him at the pool or whatever, and I believed him. But she said she was like, I you I never came to your hotel room and all that. And he admitted he lied, and that should have been in the end of it. And and Phaedra corny ass like you just like Kenya read her down you don't have a problem with me you have a problem with yourself because you was not mad about me texting we had already apologized we done been friends for x number of months now you're gonna bring this shit back up and people's like well she ain't okay well if you're not over it then don't be over it but we done moved on past that I done said I was sorry you done hugged we done been friends we done had now all of a sudden because you want to pretend like you don't really care about your divorce, which you really do. You want to make it about because I text Apollo who's in fucking jail now. <laughs> this nigga's in fucking federal penitentiary with another motherfucking fiance. I don't give a fuck about that nigga. I'm sorry I text him about business. I should not have my back. But like, come on, girl. You wasn't really mad about that. And Kenya called her on that. And I'm sorry. I just, I don't. I'm not saying I see it for Kenya, but I do not see it for Phaedra. And I don't think that nothing Kenya does is as bad as what them two do. Just like she said, my taxes are fine. You don't see me in the news about no bankruptcies, no nothing. You don't see nothing about me in the news. All you see in the news is is random dude that I paid to the show showing up saying I paid him 10K or didn't pay him 10K or whatever the fuck. And that shit went mad. I've said my point about that too. Y'all say she she leads him on. Perhaps she does, but I, I think that nigga's crazy because I don't think it's nothing that she really does to him for him to be acting like that didn't we just fuck in the car okay nigga like i gave you some pussy like i it, I, th- I thought i was doing you a favor but if this how you gonna act never mind like i mean really that's how that's how i took it like like okay uh, yes and and i'm trying to talk to you right now but like I, he's unstable whatever that nigga gave me murder suicide vibes um she really should stop fucking with him she really should stop playing around with him um but I don't think, again, I don't think she's trying to be vindictive. I just think that, you know, she probably just like, yo, I'm really not, I'm just trying to help you, nigga. Like, what is your, like, what is the issue here? Like, I don't know. I just don't get that from Kenya. I, again, I'm not saying she doesn't do things. She does. But I just don't think the things that she does rises to the level. And I don't understand, um... She, something wrong with her and you're really evil nothing that she does is evil she doesn't tell lies so nothing that she does is evil walking you outside the store is not evil the shit she did with Sheree she was right about that because Sheree tried to make fun of domestic abuse and Kenya was like oh wait a minute because you got hit in the face and you got popped and nobody said nothing to you so don't stand here uh trying to blame me and saying I provoked somebody which is exactly what Sheree and they always do when you know you provoked him and you got that's bullshit and that's was Kenya's point and I think Kenya was right about it so I don't you know I don't see all this that Kenya she provokes people I don't that's what people who don't know how to control themselves in situations and don't know how to stay calm and don't know how to carry themselves and react to every little thing and are petty and insecure themselves that's an excuse they they use often well she provoked me because let me tell you something i'm a warlike motherfucker i'm a i'm a very rowdy motherfucker we can thump if you want to thump i've never you're not gonna provoke me not ever because you're not worth it because i know i'll kill you and you're not worth it so you're not gonna provoke me 
So, I, you know, I just I feel like that's kind of a childish excuse that people use when they don't want to be responsible for what they're doing and within the part they're playing. Then they want to, oh, well, she provoked. Like, you grown up. What did that fucking mean? She, did she put her hands on you? Then she didn't provoke you. Like, I don't, I don't know what she's talking about. Um, you might be a, a little childish yourself, actually, is probably what's going on. Um, what else? That Yeah, that was the gist of it because we didn't really get to the meat of it. Portia, though. God damn, that girl is dumb. Like, if like, girl, all you gotta do is just sit quiet for a little bit. Sit quiet, sit in prayer, think, reflect, go back through everything, and try to figure out what's the common denominator to all these problems. Cause it, Candy was trying to walk you through it and trying to talk you through it, but she just she's just so simple minded and so stupid and don't make connections and don't notice things and she just be running her mouth and missing key information. When Candy was trying to explain to you, she was like, But Portia, when we first started this show, we were friends. What occurred that made us not be friends? Trying to get her to see that it's Phaedra and her lies and, and Portia just now because this is my, like, oh, girl, you're dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. Please, just, I don't even know what to say. Like, you so dumb that, like, your looks can't, because, you know, I <laughs> I overlook a lot of shit for bad bitch. <laughs> but she's so dumb. I cannot overlook dumb. And she's the kind of dumb that's like, you can't, it's dumb and it's dumb. And she the kind of dumb you can't really work with because, like, she don't pick up on nothing. She don't, she don't have deductive reasoning. She don't know how to induce, deduce into it put two and two together be the fuck quiet sometimes because that's when you really learn things you know what I mean be quiet watch people or don't watch them because a lot of times you can really when people when you people think your eyes not on them or you're not really watching you're not really paying attention that's when you can see them really do a lot of things you know because they know you watch them they might act you know try to put on a front or act a certain way like Phaedra does sometimes if you just act like you're not really concerned with a person that's when you see their real moves she don't even anything like nothing from her like she's just the girl is dumb and i just i i want to see i just i just want to know when it's gonna click in because it's so obvious what what the issue is here um and i don't know how you don't see it um you know the you know phaedra's the one that told you about their sex dungeon so i don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand why you're taking the L for her. Maybe because you feel like she's your friend, but she's really not. Um, she's very manipulative, and she's a liar, and she's very vindictive. Um, yeah. So, um, that's that on the reunion show. Um, we'll see the second part uh, this this Sunday. So, on the Love & Hip Hop Atlanta. So, this week was a little better because... Like I said before, I don't want to see them lovely Mimi. I don't want to see none of them nail people. I I can just keep up with Jocelyn's storyline, Mimi's storyline, regular Mimi's storyline. Um, uh, I could deal with um, Waka because you know whatever, and and um, and Tommy. Them other broads is too is too much. I don't care. But this this season was best. Tommy got her wine. She's her company. She's gonna have this wine company. Um. These niggas in Atlanta just always coming up with these fucking businesses. Like, just, I mean, it must cost a dollar and a dream to start a business in Atlanta because I, I, these niggas just throw up any fucking thing. You must not, not, not have to have no deposit, no seed money, no nothing. Um, she's starting this wine, and then, um, KK, who is, what's the name that's in jail's mother, 
which you know i don't know i thought she had a good point she was trying to tell tommy like tommy you seem you you need to maybe get help with alcohol you seem to might have an alcohol problem so maybe this this business where you sipping wine and drinking wine might not be for the best and tommy i mean i give tommy that she's really she feels she seems like she's really legitimately trying to get herself to get better, trying to change, trying to be better, not trying to make the same mistakes legitimately. Like, I think it's really sincere. You know, she I don't think she knows how to go about it. I don't think she has all the tools she needs. Um, but she, I think she's sincere in her efforts. And so she sat there and she listened and she took it in. But she's a little defensive because she was like, look, I would just like you to support me. And I don't think I have a problem with alcohol. And perhaps she doesn't. I don't know. Um, I think there's a little something wrong with Tommy. Like maybe she has a behavioral problem, a mental issue, because um, the way she snaps and just goes from zero to 100, like that's not regular. Um, You see that in people that have mood disorders or that maybe have a little mental health issues. Um, You know, she grew up in foster homes. Her mom don't seem to be the best. Um, So that family history might be a little worrisome. I don't know, but I've said that from the first season I just something she could be she may be an alcoholic but I don't think that's her only issue I think that that there's layers there because she just snaps out and goes blacks out way too quick like like that and that's that's something that's not just alcohol because she don't she don't always be drunk when she do it so I'm sure the alcohol may exacerbate it or you know make it worse but no, I, I think it's something else wrong with her. Like, I think she could maybe go, she might need some medication. She might have some kind of chemical imbalance or some kind of impulse control. I don't know. Maybe she a crack baby because her mom's story, you know, her mom don't seem like she was shit. Um, her mom was living in her house while she was in jail. Didn't even bail. I don't know how you sit in my house while you know I'm in jail and don't bail me the fuck out. And when I come back, be looking at me like talking shit to me. Like, I don't understand that. But not my mom, not my family. Um, I don't know, but that was her story. Um, KK got a dress of our age too. Like I know these young girls is out here in these tight dresses and everything, but girl, you like 60, 65 with this slit to the, th- cut it out, ma'am. Like where, 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 it? and I ain't saying you can't be sexy, but you ain't 24 girl. Take that, that, that dress was not for you, ma. Um, that is not a dress for a woman of your age. Um, what else? The, the nail people, whatever. I can't talk about that. The dude got caught cheating. So the two, the wife, um, met up with the side chick. Both of them had on terrible wigs. Like, them wigs was up on their head like a shower cap. I just, ugh. Like, is that, Atlanta, this show make y'all look bad. Like, I, I, I've been there a couple times and I gotta admit, I ain't really see nothing that made me think that that wasn't a accurate representation. <laughs> y'all ain't, y'all. Ugh, ugh, too much. Um, what else? Oh, Jocelyn and, and, and Stevie took the, um, they took their paternity test, and I think it was 99.99 or 98. It's, it's Stevie's baby, which I, I knew that already, um, but now Stevie knows. Um, but Jocelyn talking about she don't want him in the baby's life, and I, and she, um, she don't want him around. And I mean, I don't know. I understand, like, you don't want him in your life. You don't want Steve in your life. And you don't want his support. I get that. But you you don't get to make that decision for the baby, Jocelyn. Like, somebody needs to talk. Like, that's the father. He 
seems I mean he owe a lot of child support but I mean he seems to have a be a good want to be a good father and all his kids seem to know him and, and well I don't know his son wasn't too pleased with him but I don't know he he said that he made his mistakes in the past but he want all his kids together now and he seems sincere about that serious about that and you know I know he owes child support but it's still important to be around your kids and be in your kids life so you know I, I don't agree with that Jocelyn you ain't you don't you don't get to make that say um for your daughter she get to have her father around um, Jocelyn has a brother which who knew that I didn't know that um, what else uh, I think oh Jock and um, oh Tommy and, and, and Don Penny got the argument which at her wine tasting which I ain't really I mean I don't know I didn't really think it needed to be all that like I didn't think Don was trying to be negative when she was saying bringing Jocelyn to it. I mean, I get it. You don't get along with Jocelyn, but I didn't really think maybe that wasn't a time and a place, but I didn't think she was trying to be negative. Like, I think she was just thinking like, okay, we all here. We all being nice. And I think Tammy did jump into it. Like Tammy, Don wasn't talking to Tammy. Don was talking to Tommy and Tammy just jumped into it with her mouth and just made it worse. And I just, I, so I didn't think Don was wrong for her reaction because she was calm at first she was like Tammy I just please let me finish I'm not really talking to you and it just turned up from there and then again Tommy snapped because I think it's something wrong with Tommy and threw that wine at her something wrong with Tommy I because that was not necessary and that was not a, a reaction that needed to occur and I just feel like she just don't I don't know something something is wrong with her besides having a problem with alcohol I think um so we'll see what happens with that. But I just didn't think that was, it was that serious or it was that necessary to, for her to react like that. Um, what else on the show? Mm. I think that was it for Love and Hip Hop. Jock and Carly drama, but I don't care about that. I I don't know how Jock is ugly to me. I asked, was he cute? People said he was about a three. I agree. His hair makes it worse. He has a big ass nose. He's just not attracted to me at all. Um, so I don't that I don't get. Um Alright, that's it. I think that's all the shows. I we didn't um nothing else started up yet. Um what's about to something is about to start. I don't know. I'll, I'll update y'all on the show rotation. I don't have to. I can. I can do the shows I really want to do now. The good ones. Y'all know my show recommendations be dope. So I can really do the ones I really want to do now. So I don't have to worry about. Um, you know, what some. I, I, I'll update y'all on what shows I'm gonna do. It's a lot of stuff coming. Game of Thrones is coming. Um, Queen Sugar is coming, which we're definitely gonna do. So I, when I when I figure out what shows I'm gonna do, I'll, I'll update y'all. But for now, we're going with these. All right. So, that's the episode. I think I've been talking for about an hour. Yeah, that's good enough. What I'm going to call this? Episode 99. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Well, I'll have a title by the time I post it for y'all. So, let me give y'all information. So, all right, my email is thanksforaskingpodcast at gmail.com. That's capital T, capital a lowercase f lowercase p thanks for asking podcast at gmail.com write me tell me things if you want 
show suggestions, topics, want to ask me something, movie referrals, show referrals, whatever. Y'all know my my I don't be watching no bullshit. My show referrals be be straight. I got good record with y'all. I don't reckon I don't I don't um suggest bullshit. Oh, speaking of if y'all got stars, I know a lot of people don't. And I didn't think I was going to like this because um, I watched The White Queen, and The White Queen was excellent. It's about the World of Roses, which was like one of my favorite times of history about the um, war in England between the Yorks and the Lancasters. So there's this new show, The White Princess, which takes place after the end of The White Queen. Good. It's very good. Um, so there's a suggestion for y'all if y'all got stars. I know niggas ain't got stars, but if you do, um, that's a good one. All right. So... Um, oh, and the Twitter is at thanks underscore for asking without G. It's also, you can find it in my Twitter at, at KMGZ. You'll see it in the bio. And you can follow it that way. Um, follow me there. Um, and thanks for listening. And again, thanks for y'all shout outs. Thanks for y'all uh, words of encouragement. Thanks for liking it. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next week. Peace.